We live inside a dream. it is an inscription that reads to eric with love jeremy (laughs) hi thank you for listening to stan and dave uh, need wedding dates with your boys who like toys you hear that eric (laughs) a a throwback Throwback. intro (laughs) your boys who love toys i am jeremy schmidt one of the hosts of this show and i'm sitting here with the beautiful uh eric keppel you know i I forgot. I almost did a silly name, but this isn't the. This is the free podcast, yeah. so I don't put effort into, <laughs> you know, being funny or, or clever right. or anything like that. There's no jokes here outside of the paywall. Once you pay for our our programming, then you get then you get a lot of jokes and funny stuff and cleverness. This is a this is a podcast about Stanley Kubrick and David Lynch. Uh, we are done talking about Kubrick, although, you know. I, without spoiling anything, you know, I have, uh, I can't help myself, Jeremy, but watch ahead a little bit uh, once in a while. And I did, I did recently uh, take a gander at episode eight again, mainly because I want to, uh, I really want to like be able to at least like sort of explain things and, and, and I want to be like researched for that one because it's, it's a bit of a complex episode. But we're gonna. I think Kubrick is gonna come into uh, up into discussion. Oh, very That's all that cool. I'll say. Okay, great. So I'm excited to see the Stanley, you know, interrupt our conversation about Lynch. Like that. That yeah. feels right to me. That there there would be some sort of crossover here. You know, and 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 not to mention that the Black Lodge. I feel like is kind of a Kubrick thing in general like the black lodge isn't too dissimilar from that that place that the astronaut goes in 2001 space odyssey you know yeah yeah um yeah so i i mean without spoiling i the only other thing i'll say is the droogs do sing singing in the rain at the roadhouse oh to end the episode oh great (laughs) perfect (laughs) perfect yeah there was a singing in the rain Uh, reference in uh in this in one of the episodes today is that right? It's by our friend uh, Detective um, Albert. Albert says "fuck Gene Kelly" or something like that when he's ah, uh, in yes. the rain. Yeah. Yes, and I believe uh, Leland sings "Singing in the Rain" at some point. Oh, he might. Uh, yeah, he definitely sings um, "Little Lambsy Divey." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! The King and I song. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Jeremy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, if you're new to this, listen to. Uh, you can listen to our our parts one through four coverage uh, before this. And also, we we've we've talked about all the David Lynch films. We've talked about Twin Peaks, the original run. Uh, we've talked about the Final Destination films and the Chucky movies. <laughs> we talked about a lot of stuff. A lot of and stuff. Uh, of course, the Kubrick. If you if you want to hear uh, us talk about Tales from the Crypt. 
And if you would like to uh, force us to do ep- episodes on movies and, and TV episodes and whatnot, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. Uh, we have a bunch of uh, weird, fun weekly episodes we're doing over there. It's a great time. Uh, the spots are filling up, Jeremy. They are. The spots. <laughs> this is the I'm I I've seen this tactic being used before, mm. where you like make the person, and maybe I shouldn't say this on on the air, but you make the uh, you know, the consumer think that time is running out. I love that, and that there's a limited supply. So uh, yeah, I love that. I love um making the uh, being also being very transparent. I've heard works. <laughs> So, yeah, so we're yeah. being very transparent. We're trying to do both. Yeah, while also trying to manipulate the listener into uh Yes. Yeah. I think that we are telling you we're lying. <laughs> yeah. I I think that to sign up on on the uh, at the seat of Chucky level on our Patreon, which is a $5 a month tier, <laughs> it gets you like at this point um, you know, a year's worth of bonus episodes weekly bonus podcasts where we cover like a lot of movies we do concept episodes uh lie lie land is over there our conspiracy show we also have um uh, a ton of tales from the crypt coverage Uh, it's just so much extra stuff i can't imagine not going there throwing at least five bones down for a month just to try it out you know Yes, and we listen to our patrons. We 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 pretty much kind of like when we want to test the waters in, on an idea or uh, see what people want 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 us to do next or what have you. We listen to those patrons first. Yeah, they uh, get dibs on yeah. what we on, yeah. on our lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even when I want like life advice, when I'm like not sure <laughs> yeah. if I should do something, we go to Drew. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we we go to Drew. Well, I go to Brian. We go to Brian. Uh, then Drew. But if Brian's not available, then Drew. Yeah. Uh, Brian typically Brian's uh, you know over on his island over there on Animal Crossing. Right. Are you still playing uh, Animal Crossing? Have not turned it on in months. So my island's yeah, probably same. you know taken over by crabs and weeds. Uh, you haven't turned it on either. Nah. nah. Did you take your switch with you on your little uh, on your little camping trip? No, I, I I did not take the switch with me. It's been a while since I've turned on the switch, Jeremy. Uh, but you know, recently unemployed, so I think I think I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. gonna be picking that up again very soon yeah, here. Yes. But uh, we got to start talking about Twin Peaks, my man, because right. that's what the people are coming here for. I've seen the return a few times. You have not seen it yet. I got to know right off the bat, Jeremy, how you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling great. I mean, as I've said in previous episodes in our coverage of the, of the, uh, the previous episodes of this show, I think that this is everything I wanted it to be and more. And I'm not saying that as like a sniveling, groveling little fanboy. No, I come to this skeptical, aloof, a little hard to please even. And, uh, <laughs> and, and this show, this, this season of Twin Peaks has won me over in a way that I, I, I truly wasn't expecting. It is the type of television that I kind of crave, which is, is like this experimental avant-garde, uh, ch- throwing the form out, getting weird with it. I mean, this, this show is so fucking weird. It, it makes the other show look normal. It makes the previous series look, look really, uh, sane, so to speak, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I I'm having a good time listening to to your reaction. I think at this point, if you're like, if you're still digging it at this point, I think you're, I think you're, uh, 
I think you're it, just gonna like like it from here on out, you know. But um, yeah, I, I will I say do the, remember. these two episodes, though, I, I do want to preface that this is a little bit of the lull. I, we're in a little, not a slump, not nothing negative really, but just like part five and part six had high moments, and then some. Uh, what I would say is some more boring parts, and and I'll get into yeah. what boring parts I think why I think certain parts are boring. It's a lot of the Cooper doesn't know how to do anything stuff. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just kind of going on too long. That's all there is to it. Like it, it's, it's, it is yeah. kind of funny, but I'm like, man, four or five episodes in a row of this. Good grief. <laughs> yeah. This, I do remember on the message boards when, when the return was airing, this was around the time where people were like, okay, let's yeah. hurry up with the Dougie stuff. Yeah. Let's fucking, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and people, I, I do, I do, you know, there were people that just didn't like the direction that the show was going in. Um, you know, I've been, uh, as I do every time I rewatch Twin Peaks, is I've been listening along to a podcast. I'm actually listening to two, uh, kind of in and out, listening to various episodes. Um, and it's uh, just a delight listening to people uh people's reactions to to the return for the first time Mm. especially like huge twin peaks nerds and uh yeah so i've been having a good time uh over there i believe i'm listening to twin peaks unwrapped is is one of the one that i'm i'm enjoying the most i have not listened to that one at this point and this is and and uh, you recommend this i should go listen to it maybe I I would say uh, yes. If, if I was to recommend someone a Twin Peaks podcast, I would say Twin Peaks Unwrapped, or uh, yeah, Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I think is is and there it's two guys. It's two, these two guys that uh, you know. I bet we would get along with these fellas. Cool. they you know if anyone out there knows the Twin Peaks Unwrapped guys, uh, you know, hook us up. I think I think we follow one another on Twitter. But right. uh, anyway, Jeremy, let's talk about. Part five. Now, I will say part five is the, uh, uh, so far, I would say the slowest episode. Right on. Uh, and part six, I would say, is by far the most violent. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's a, the, yeah, we'll get to that, but there's a sequence in six that's just truly uh, otherworldly violent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Gene and Jake sit in a car, the former on the phone with Lorraine, reporting on the situation with Dougie Jones. Frustrated, she sends the message to, leaving 159 characters to type, to her contact Argent, which causes a device in Buenos Aires to ring and flash twice with two red lights. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Constance Talbot, uh, Detective... Mackley and Detective Harrison observe the John Doe in the morgue. Talbot confirms the decapitation as the man's cause of death and presents a ring found inside the body. On it, it says, To uh, Eric with love from Jeremy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, 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 So, wait, that scene, uh, Constance Talbot uh, makes some mm. sort of wisecrack about the dead body and says that she's also trying stand-up. Is that... Yeah, do do yeah. we think she's being kidding about that, or <laughs> do we think that she's really kind of trying to do stand up? Because that, I don't know. My mind kind of went a crazy direction from there. I was like, "What if we got an episode where we saw Constance do stand up?" <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah, I like the idea of her doing uh, 
the open mic at the Roadhouse. Oh, um, dude, yes. Backed by the Chromatics. No, I took that. Yeah, I took that to mean like uh, like she's actually actually doing it. I also do really like Detef- Detective Mackley. Mm-hmm, me too. Uh, he's he's sort of like a funny a funny character. He's the kind of guy, and I I do not mean this as an insult, but he just has the appearance of of a man. If there was like a fly flying and like landing on his head he like wouldn't flinch yeah for sure <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah kind of like a cow maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, just kind of like uh a funny guy uh cooper's doppelganger sits in his jail cell and correctly predicts that his food is coming uh he takes his food and goes to the mirror noting that bob is still with him yes uh what do you think of this getting the little little bob in there what'd you think of that effect what so? What did the uh, remind me? What does the effect look like? I guess maybe I didn't notice an effect. Is it that it did show with Bob's face? Yeah, okay. pretty much. And we do we do go back to I believe we flash back to Cooper looking in the mirror. Yeah, the, the, back at the end of season two. Right, that's what I remember is like the him yeah. laughing in the Black Lodge and then him slamming his head into the mirror. Um, but does his reflection show up in the in the mirror too? I thought it like it did, did or it, it probably like, did. I mean, that would be cool. Transition to it somehow, yeah. but uh, yeah, cool. I like you know, it's 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 interesting to me how well this some of the archival footage like fits into the into the return. It looks nice. It's so old. Yeah, it it yeah. looks really nice. Uh, okay, so did you know that this was Mike? By the way, in this next scene, uh, Mike uh, at the, uh, the the job, the the guy sitting oh, at the desk. Oh fuck! No, I. Yeah, that's, I did uh, not know this until this recent rewatch. Oh, and that's I've seen this awesome! Episode multiple times. That is, it's uh, Mike Nelson. Oh yeah. shit! I did not know that. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he calls in this uh, this guy, Stephen Burnett. Uh, who I believe is from Get Out is what I yeah he's he you know he's a really good actor I know him from Get Out and I and I good. also know him from the Three Billboards movie he, yeah, yeah 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 he plays the guy who gets his ass kicked the sign uh, realtor or whatever like he yeah he's really he's an interesting looking actor like he's kind of the kind of guy I wonder how old he is you know like he could be like in his late thirties or he could be seventeen you know right. Um, I hope he's, uh, I hope he's like 12 years old yeah. and just like a very <laughs> old looking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. Sorry. I lost my spot. You know, I accidentally hit the, the back arrow button. Uh, Oh, right. Very foolish thing to yeah. do. Yeah. So Mike Nelson calls him in. This guy applied. Now, I will say this is kind of a dick move. Mike basically called him in to tell him that his resume is bad. Yeah. And to fix his attitude. Yeah. <laughs> and then tells him to leave. That is so funny. And, like, the way that uh, Stephen Burnett, like, runs out of the room addressing his tie, like, like in such a huff is so funny, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had, well, mm-hmm, never mind. <laughs> There's so there. Never mind. I was gonna say I was gonna say something about how I, I like spoiled for myself who this character is, but then I realized that I didn't. Spo- I this character isn't necessarily a big deal, but there's another character who I got them confused. Who is a big deal? Anyways, never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> got it. 
Sheriff Frank Truman talks to Harry on the phone and is informed by Lucy that his wife Doris is coming to him. Doris tells him about her frustrations, including the leaky pipe. Now, I will say, you're getting annoyed with the Dougie stuff. I could do without Doris. Yeah. I could do without all the Doris stuff. Yeah, Doris, it's it's kind of a David Lynch thing where it's it's totally a comedic moment that's not quite funny enough to justify itself. Like, that's, yeah. that is common or or par for the course for twin peaks but i you know at least it didn't overstay its welcome you know it didn't go on like so long like that to to make me really truly hate it uh i did i shows back up again which i didn't love (laughs) but uh um yeah there there is i will i will tease one more thing and i want you to uh on the next episode this will be fun i'll ask you if you uh if you if you know what scene I'm talking about, there is one scene that I think you are going to find arduous. Yeah. coming up that we will discuss in the next. Episode. Oh yeah, I'm I'm yeah I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, Janie E, Sunny Jim, and Cooper leave the Jones home, uh, and Janie E tells Cooper that he had won four hundred twenty five thousand dollars. He looks at Sonny Jim and begins to shed tears mm-hmm. on realization that Dougie's car is not there. Janie E. begrudgingly takes Cooper to Dougie's work. Yeah. Uh, you know, I talked on a previous episode that I did not realize until looking at the bonus features that Naomi Watts is British. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like surprised to hear her speaking in, a, in an English accent. Right. And now when I hear her... Now I can't stop thinking about how she's doing an American accent and how stupid I feel because now knowing that she's British, it's not like a bad American accent, but it does sound like an American accent that is done by someone who is like not grown up with that specific accent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it has like a specific, it's like very, it's like a very flat yeah. Uh, straightforward American voice. It's not, but it's it's also like it's it's very similar to Nicole Kidman's. I'm telling you, like they're they're very similar in that they they hmm. the timber of their voice sounds the same, the rhythm of of their Amer- fake American accents sound the same, and they're also best friends. I th- I think it is an Australian's like approximation of you know, like doing an American accent. It just kind of comes out in this rhythm. And I think that that's what we're hearing here. Cause like, yeah, Nic- yeah. Nicole Kidman's a, a very similar story where it's like, once you know, she's Australian, you can't unhear it. <laughs> yeah. Naomi, if you're listening, come on the pod. We, we'd love to hear that, that, uh, if you can do a British accent or, uh, or an American one, love to chat with you about Twin Peaks. Oh yeah. Uh, Gene and Jake check on Dougie's car again, which uh, still has not moved. A group of delinquent youths also drives by the car. Listening to what I will say is like something music that like no one would actually listen to. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like it's so like David Lynchy yeah. and like just like yelling over like a really weird musical bed. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, it is uh <laughs> it's definitely like Kind of like how David Lynch doesn't really super understand how bars work, <laughs> like in in the clients <laughs> yeah. that go to bars, what they look like. It's like yeah. music is similar, but it, you know it exists within. Like I'm actually, I actually think that that's kind of wrong. Like, I think he does understand how they work. I think it's just like he's setting up like a weird world, you know? Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. It's just a weird, it's just a David Lynch world where like the, the youths are approximations of real youths, but they listen to like way more on the nose, terrifying music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Janie E drops Cooper off at work. Uh, he wanders following the aim of a statue of a man carrying a revolver. He stands around until Dougie's coworker Phil Bisbee comes carrying coffee on his way to a board meeting. Yeah. Is this the first time we're meeting Fadum? It is. Yeah. The the lovely, yes. the talented Josh Fadum is in the is in the so show. So And he's and he's also hysterical in the show. And he's it's like David Lynch is kind of like either he's p- hand picking these performers to come in and kind of do what they do best. Or he's just giving them freedom to kind of express themselves because Fatum is doing like a Josh Fatum performance. He's like in an oversized suit yeah. that's like way too big for it's him. So funny, and yeah. he's doing his knee and his feet like the way you know. For people who don't know, Josh Fatum is like sort of I would call him a little bit more of an indie, a little bit more of a, a underground like comedy legend or comedy hero. He's like. He's yeah. not he's not like a mainstream dude at all, but in the live comedy communities, especially around the improv and stand up worlds, he's like he's incredibly gifted and, and a lot of us yes. look up to like his performance. He's he's so he's so unique, you know. Yeah. I've seen him do an hour once oh, and that's uh cool. man, very funny. He does you know, he's very good at doing like he will like while he's talking, like somehow end up like standing on a chair uh-huh. in some weird way yeah. and then like fall he's like very good at fake fall like prat falling uh-huh. and stuff <laughs> yeah uh yeah funny guy yeah. uh following him into the elevator cooper takes one of his coffees and begins drinking the damn good joe uh it was frank's <laughs> one uh who then takes a green tea latte instead while darren is turned down by Rhonda and Bonici next to Frank is served the eighth cup carried by Phil. Uh, okay, the, I lot, could yeah, that was a mouthful. A that was a ma- that was a mouthful. I I uh, this was funny. I could have watched this all day. I could have watched poor Frank not get his coffee and instead get a green tea latte. <laughs> realize that he loves it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was legitimately yeah. good. That got me good. Yeah. Um. Anthony uh, Sinclair tells Cooper that he has covered uh, for Dougie's absence and during the meeting as Sinclair pre- uh, presents a report. Uh, when saying that there was no arson with Littlefield, Cooper blurts out he's lying mm. but does not elaborate, causing the boss Bushnell Mullins to have Dougie meet him. Uh, after the meeting, Mullins questions his accusation and gives him case files to assess by the next day. Yeah. The result of um, this, I by the way, I called from a, mi- a million miles away. I, I called like what was going to happen here. Nice. Yeah, I, I just I just um, had a feeling because it's like, of course he's like, we're supposed to believe Dougie's like can't has no you know motor skills, mental cognitive functions at all, but he's somehow going to take these reports back and fucking kick ass on them accidentally maybe, but. Um, yeah, it's almost like the Cooper he's, inside of him is trying to get out and like keeps, you know, he's too good. It's like he's too good of a federal agent to like, even in his um, really uh, dumbed down version, is still like able to like call out liars and, and yes. fix problems. He he seems to be uh, for not being all there. He seems to be uh, pretty lucky. Like there's. Mm some sort of force or something, you know, like the force. Uh, 
guiding him. Yeah, this this is a uh, wait. You've seen the end. <laughs> this is a Star Wars. This is a Star Wars. <laughs> this ties film. into yeah. Star Wars. Uh, right. Yeah, this is the Star Wars film that David Lynch was it's gonna make. Uh, supposed <laughs> to direct. Yeah. Rodney and Bradley Mitchum come to the Silver Mustang Casino in front of Candy, Mandy, and Sandy. <laughs> Uh, punish Burns for Cooper's win at the casino and replace Burns with Warwick, who they tell to inform them if Cooper ever returns. I would not want to be War- Warwick. <laughs> no, <laughs> hell no. <laughs> you just watched your predecessor get his ass kicked yeah. uh, by... What's it? J- Belushi? Jim, Jim Belushi? Belushi? Jim, yeah. Yeah, it's Jim Belushi. Yeah, the, it the other guy beats him up, and then Jim Belushi kind of like... He's like the scary guy, which is weird to see Jim Belushi, who's like a... Yeah, he's like he like plays dads mostly. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, while his mother is passed out on drugs, the little boy uh, living across from Dougie's car goes to examine it. He's shooed away by the gang of youths uh, who try to steal the car. The bomb under Dougie's car blows up, killing some of the gang members. The boy runs back to home, back to his home. Hearing him come back in, his mother slowly wakes up and stares at the door. Yeah, something's happening uh, here. I'm glad we're not dropping the ball with little like weird, weird things that we've seen in the past. Because I, I, I was sort of like disappointed. I'm always kind of disappointed when we when we get something like the drug addict mom and the little boy, and then like we don't follow up on it for a while. Because I'm thinking like, is David Lynch gonna do one of his things where he just doesn't ever tell you what that was about? You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I remember you saying that you hope we we come back to the to these uh these characters. Um. Yeah. And uh, I will say this is not a spoiler because this is a this is a theory that I that I read while I was watching this for the first time. Uh. Is that there there were people out there and I don't uh I don't know that I buy into this but there was speculation that the little boy and the drug addict mother are some sort of embodiment of the Tremons. Uh you remember the the little boy and the and the grandmother from Yeah, uh, yeah, the cream Billy Madison. The cream corn. Yeah, I don't exactly know like how that would work uh and I haven't looked too deeply into it, but that's something that people were talking about at the time. Um an auto detailer informs Jade that he found a set of keys for the Great Northern Hotel in her car. Since they have an address on them, she puts them inside a mailbox for delivery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norma, Norma sorts through documents. Norma, yeah. Yeah, I was shocked Those to see familiar. Norma. So unfortunately, the actor who played Norma passed away, um, you know, I think in, I think in 2017. So Yeah, um, she, she passed away not... Yeah, not too long. Actually, I think, yeah, yeah, something around, somewhere around then. I remember, I, I think Peggy Lipton. I think I remember she passed away while we had the podcast going. So it must, it was uh, within the last year or two, I believe. Oh, yeah, you but, are right. Uh, she uh, she did pass away in 2019. Um, yeah, she was 72 years old, died of cancer. It's It sucks. Uh, I but in my mind, I thought she'd passed away like a while ago, so I wasn't expecting to see her in the show. I was very happy to see her in the show. That was great. Yeah, she looks great. Yes, yeah. Uh, top of her game. Uh, she's sorting through documents. Heidi, also back, is serving Becky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and or and Becky delivers bread to Toad yes. and gets money from Shelley. And Becky is played by Amanda Seyfried, who is... Yeah. I'm a big fan of Amanda Seyfried. I think she's like Me too. a really great actor. 
Me too. Uh, Norma goes to Shelly, urging her to help Becky rather than continue to enable her. Becky takes the money to Steven, and they snort a drug. <laughs> they snort a drug. Yes. Cool shot I of, uh, of Becky when they're driving with the cam- oh, camera one top of the best. down. Yeah, that's cool. It also reminiscent of... Lost there is a shot... I believe in Fire Walk With Me, oh. um, where Laura is like looking up at the sky like that. Oh, uh, I can't yeah. remember exactly when, but it is, I think, a nod to that. Yeah. Also, uh, I love the music here. The uh, I love how you love me. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good. Very good stuff. This kind of reminded me a little bit, because we kind of just listen to this music and we stay on Amanda Seyfried for a while. It, mind- it reminded me a little bit of when... We see the lady coming out of the car in Lost Highway yeah. to the Lou Reed, the Lou Reed song. I know this; these characters just in general reminded me of characters you'd see in Last Highway or Lost Highway, Stephen and Becky. That that is the thing about the return, and I you're probably picking up on this a little bit. Is there are like elements of like every David Lynch project yeah. in this oh, yeah. where you can point to it and be like, oh, that's very Eraserhead or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Cooper is pushed out of the elevator at the end of the workday, and he goes to the statue he saw that morning. Uh, at the Twin Peaks Sheriff Station, Hawk and Andy continue to sort through files. Uh, Jacoby starts up his webcast. Yes. He hosts as Dr. Amp. Yes. And it is viewed by Jerry Horn, who smokes a joint, and Nadine Hurley. Mm-hmm. Nadine Hurley, uh, I, was, I was psyched to see Nadine. Yes. Uh, his broadcast ends with an advertisement for his golden shovels, and he urges his viewers to buy uh, the shovel themselves out of uh, to shovel themselves out of the shit and into the truth. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's kind of like an Alex Jones like kind of guy. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. I, and you know, honestly, that's perfect for him. That's like a per- that it's is a good choice. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I think Jacoby would be doing in his old age. Conspiracy mm-hmm. theory level, the government's out to get you, kind of shit. Um, at the Pentagon, Lieutenant Cynthia Knox informs Colonel Davis that they have received a match on Major Garland Briggs' fingerprints, the sixteenth match in twenty-five years in Buckhorn, South Dakota. Uh, Davis. Uh, doubts the legitimacy of the match, but says that if it is indeed truly Briggs that has been identified, that the FBI must be informed. Okay, so do you uh, do you understand uh, what this is about? Okay, let me let me see if I got it. So, Lieutenant Cynthia Knox informs Colonel Davis. Colonel Davis, by the way, played by Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters. Oh yeah. Um, that they received a me- yeah. So they're 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 finding. Fing, hit, uh, Major Garland Briggs's fingerprints uh, in a lot in the same area of South Dakota. Yeah, right? and uh, the most recent of which, mm-hmm. uh, the one that she's telling him about, were on the. Uh, you remember the headless body yeah. that was under the bed sheet, right? That could be Garland Briggs's body. Okay, got you. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, interesting. Oof. That's, so that is, that's terrifying. The band trouble plays at the roadhouse as Richard Horn trouble, by the way, I think the guitarist is David Lynch's son. Oh, really? Um, is, it, is it the son? Like the, the OG, uh, little boy and grandma from, hmm. uh, 
Little Nicky or Adam Sandler movies? I, d- I don't know the answer to that. Let's see here. The music has been great, though. I will say so far. I'll, you know, I, Riley Lynch. I've seen people online complain about the music, uh, or at least like the the live music. You know. Um. Um. Not the same. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, not the same. Uh, son. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. As the as the as the actor uh, as the Tremond boy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, they play their song Snake Eyes as Richard Horn smokes underneath the no smoking sign. Uh, Richard Horn. Guy, so, that is a, that's a bit of a spoiler, no? It's not a spoiler because uh, his name is listed as such in the credits. In the credits, okay. Because I was, yep. this is who I was talking about. I get him and, and Steven mix, mixed up a little bit, but... Uh, oh, Richard yeah, yeah. Horn. I, I was like looking up uh, who the actor was, and I saw the name Richard Horn, and I was like, "Oh fuck, this is this is one of the Horn, like the like the son of uh, Ben Horn." Um, yes. Well, you know, maybe there maybe there's multiple yeah, horns yeah, out there. Multiple horns. Yeah, you're right. But uh, the fact that it's a horn at all, I thought was. Like, uh, I was like, oh, shit, okay, great. Like, so it's like, it's sort of like a, um, what, what would you call that? Like, where it's like, you know, history repeating itself, right? Or like a family curse or something. Like, the, he's kind of yeah. assuming a villain's yeah. role. He's also fucking terrible. Like, terrible guy. Yeah. Uh, truly evil. Uh, a guy asks him to stop smoking. Chad steps in, takes over, accepts a bribe. Uh, a girl from another table asks him for a light. He grabs her and threatens uh, threatens her. Very, uh, I hate this. <laughs> I, hate, I hate watching this so it's much. It's dark, man. I've been, yeah, yeah. Uh, hard, yeah, hard, hard to hard to get through. There's a couple of those moments, pretty much all revolving around uh, Richard Horn that that are just really really rough. Woof. Um, Agent Preston examines Cooper's file and uh, compares his fingerprints from before his 1989 disappearance and from the doppelganger's booking at the federal prison. Uh, Warden Murphy gives the doppelganger his phone call. However, the doppelganger dials a number that sets off the prison's alarms, and he says the cow jumped over the moon before hanging up, Mm. stopping the alarms. Mm. Uh, in Buenos Aires, the device contacted by Lorraine rings and flashes twice with its two red lights and then shrinks to a kind of seed. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then Cooper continues to uh, stare at the statue of the man holding the gun. So Yeah. And that's kind of where we uh, end this one, huh? Yeah, that's where we end this episode. Uh yeah, like I said, I do you know I I guess go looking back, there is a lot that happens, but it just like pacing wise, it does feel like a slow episode, to me at least. Wait, um, there there's something. Hold on, hold on. Never mind. Okay, it's in the next episode. I I <laughs> thought it was in this one, and then there was it's actually in the next one because I thought the cliffhanger was more profound, but I think I just remember something that happened in the next episode thinking it was big enough to be a cliffhanger and then it wasn't, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I question, uh, how I, I, I question like how thought out the like episodes were like, I remember this being described as like, you know, an 18 hour movie or whatever. And, and that was kind of the, the approach. 
Um, but yeah, some of these episodes like don't necessarily end on moments where you're like, like conventional cliffhangers. Although I will say like, I'd be pretty satisfied with the way, with the way everything, uh, you know, plays out, but it does kind of feel like, uh, you know, it's almost, you're almost supposed to watch these a little bit more. Totally. Close together or something. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, Cooper uh, observes the statue until an officer takes him home due to the law against loitering. Uh, Janie E. makes him a sandwich and tells him that she will make a doctor's appointment for him. Uh, she has him go, go say goodnight to Sonny Jim until she opens an unmarked envelope delivered to their home containing a photo of Dougie with Jade. You know, what I noticed uh, in... I forget what fucking... I think it might have been episode four or something. Uh, when Dougie's, like, drinking coffee for the first time. Is in their uh, kitchen, uh, in in Dougie and Janie's kitchen, there's, like, this uh, container in the background, and it's an owl. It's, like, a, it's like shaped like an owl. Oh. And it's, like, the positioning of it is it's, like, looking right at Dougie. I'd never noticed that before. Uh, just one of those weird... Uh, details that you you know uh, Owls, she reprimands Dougie those are, those are big in uh, in Twin Peaks oh yeah oh yeah they're not what they seem no is what they say uh, she reprimands Dougie until they receive a phone call from the individuals to whom Dougie owes money she plans to meet them at the park the next day uh, Mike appears to Cooper urging him to wake up and not die uh, small sections of light begin to appear on Dougie's case files, including near the names of the insurer, Anthony Sinclair. Cooper marks them with scribbles, zigzags, and other lines. I think he draws a ladder at some point, yeah, too. Yeah, he's, he's drawing a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, some great, uh, some, some great artistry from uh, Kyle McLaughlin here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Albert goes to Max Vaughn's bar. Where he meets with Diane. Jeremy. Yes. Did you see it coming? Absolutely not. How could I have seen this coming? Uh, what a huge surprise. Diane is, of course, played by the fabulous Laura Dern. Uh, could not believe it. Could not believe yeah. my eyes. Uh, so, so excited. It's Diane, Eric. The Diane. <laughs> yeah. She looks, she looks cool as hell, too. Uh, with the you know got the white hair going and smoking the cigarettes, mm-hmm. uh, top notch performance. Uh, was, I, I fucking love Laura Dern in 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 everything David Lynch does, but especially this. Big fan, mm-hmm. big fan. Um, yeah, I remember I remember kind of freaking out about this when I first saw this. Uh, people were uh, a lot of people were like, oh, I, you know, I I knew this was coming. I had no idea, and. Uh, it's great. It's great to see Diane. You kind of like forget about her at this point. You know what I mean? You're kind of like, oh right, Diane. Oh, dude, totally. But, yeah, uh, and I, and I've yeah. also like kind of come to expect like, oh, Diane is just not real or something. You know what I mean? Like, I I didn't even think we were gonna go this direction. Oh yeah, I remember. I think you had a theory when we were talking about the original run that I liked about perhaps Diane like isn't even real and maybe cooper's yes crazier something. or yeah talking to I do no like one <laughs> yeah uh richard horn snorts a drug and meets with red to discuss the trafficking of a drug called sparkle 
I got to say, talking about good performances, uh, fucking uh, Belthazar Getty. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, very. I, I love it. I'm 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 loving it. But who uh, is? Yeah, he's he's the guy in Lost Highway. He's like the uh, the lead is. in Lost Highway. I, I that was uh, mm-hmm. it was really cool to see. You know. <laughs> yeah, I actually to to be totally honest with you, I didn't I didn't know this was Balthazar Getty until I thought it was Corey Feldman. <laughs> like, did you really? Yeah, I did. I looked. I I, go- I googled if wow. Corey Feldman was in uh, was in the show. Is he in the return? No. It's Balthazar oh, Getty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did I didn't know until uh recently, but yeah. He plays Red and Red makes a threat to make sure Horn uh does not double cross him and does a magic trick with a dime, uh which is pretty cool. Uh I don't know, do you think this magic trick was like something that actually happened or do you think it was sort of like a drug hallucination from the sparkle? That's a great question. I think it was a drug hallucination. I'm yeah. going to go with that. <laughs> um, upset, Horn drives as Carl Rod heads into Twin Peaks from the Fat Trout trailer park with Mickey and Bill. This is a reference to uh, Fire Walk With Me. That's that's he that He's reprising his role from that, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Carl Rod. Yeah, he... Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to look up how old he was in this because I think he was like in his mid nineties or something. He's like old as hell in this. Uh, who was? Um, Carl Rod. Uh, fuck. What's the actor's name? Oh, you're talking about um, the I don't know why I'm blanking. Harry Dean Harry Stanton. Dean Stanton. Yeah. Yeah, he's very old in this, but he's he's like great. I love I I one of my favorite lines. He's like. I've been smoking for sixty years every fucking day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is so good. Yeah, that's good. And he's just with, with a big smile on his face. It's great. Yeah, super uh, <laughs> so yeah, they head they head in with uh, Mickey and Bill, and uh, they're heading to Twin Peaks. Uh, Heidi and Shelley talk to Miriam Sullivan at the Double R, uh, and Sullivan leaves a tip that uh, that Heidi and Shelley feel that she cannot afford, so they plan to treat her. Mm. Um, let's see here. Horn, still upset from his encounter with Red, drives, speeding, and illegally passing traffic, which causes him to run over and kill a child. Dude. Uh. What the fuck is this scene? Really, <laughs> really upsetting. Uh, especially the way it's, like, led up, like, him and his mom are playing this little game where she, yeah. he, like, runs ahead of her and, uh... And that guy, you know, I feel so bad for that guy that like told the kid to cross. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, dude, yeah. And then you There's see that him one just, guy. He's like, "Go he ahead." He just buries his head in his hand, like he's just Man. so like bummed out. <laughs> this was like, this felt really like realistic yeah. uh, in a very upsetting way. Uh, yeah. Carl witnesses this, and after seeing a golden aura float from the child's body, uh, he goes to comfort the mother. Uh, Duncan Todd. Sits in his office, and a red box appears on his computer screen. He closes it out and goes to the desk behind him, where he opens a safe and removes an envelope with a black circle on the front. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't uh, exactly know 
what this means. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what Duncan Todd. Uh, he's in. So Ve- he's in Vegas. Yeah, he's right? in Vegas. He's. I'm guessing he's like the buck stops with Duncan Todd on, at some on some level with all the mobster shit going on with like uh, Brett Gelman and all that. But I, I'm guessing he's connected to them. He's also definitely connected to uh, Ike the Spike, right? Oh sure. This is okay. this is sort of yeah. like what he's. Uh, that that black circle envelope ends up uh, ends up with Ike the Spike. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's the connection. There is that he's the hitman. He's a he's getting he's maybe maybe that letter is sort of like a uh, a call to a hitman or something. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Dougie's destroyed car is towed as authorities investigate, finding the black bumper on the roof of the drug addicted mother. Uh, at a hotel, hitman Ike the Spike Stadler receives an envelope with a black circle. Inside are photos of Lorraine and Dougie Jones. With his spike, he stabs the photos. Uh, Cooper goes to Dougie's work, uh, where he is called into Bushnell Mullen's office. Uh, while initially confused by Cooper's apparently childish scribblings, he soon seems to understand the meaning behind them. Um, Janie E meets with Tommy and Jimmy and pays them twenty-five grand of the fifty-two uh, Dougie owes them, stating uh, her reasons to be the Jones financial situation. I love Naomi Watts's just like attitude here. It's yeah, very, it's very uh, it's entertaining. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's great. It's uh, a, it's th- also yeah, it's a David Lynch scene. You know, it's totally a David Lynch vibe, right? Where he's like, oh yeah. yeah. Great stuff. Uh, Ike the Spike shows up at Lorraine's <laughs> office and go for uh, it, Eric. You know, what happens? <laughs> stabs her to death uh, with his spike, along with two innocent coworkers. Uh, he does de- break his spike, mm. uh, like bends in half, and he gets <laughs> genuinely very sad. I know, it, which is kind it, of a it funny does moment. bring a little levity to the uh, to the situation (laughs) yeah but it is like i could not think of a more like a way that you could do this in a more graphic way uh it's like pretty it's pretty brutal it's pretty it's pretty rough yeah uh richard drives to a field where he wipes the boy's blood off his truck's grill uh inside a restroom uh hawk drops a coin which rolls into a stall. He picks it up, which causes him to notice a screw missing from the stall uh, door's paneling. Uh, he gets a stepladder and a crowbar and pulls the paneling back to find pages. Uh, back at the sheriff's station, Doris comes, upset with Frank about her father's uh, car apparently not being repaired. Uh, Deputy Chad makes cruel statements about Doris and her her son uh, and hers and Frank's son that committed suicide. Yeah, really dark. Uh, yeah. At the Roadhouse, Sharon Van Etten plays Tarifa. Yeah. I didn't realize this was Sharon Van Etten. Oh yeah, dude, great, great stuff. So so these are these are definitely bridge. I would call them bridge episodes, right? We got yeah, it's like we're getting some stuff like we you know like we see like Bad Coop is like we we know we kind of get confirmation that uh, Bob is with him and 
you know, we learn about Richard Horn and all this stuff. But, yeah, it's kind of like it's all kind of thrown in there and it's to move the story along. But it's not necessarily like in them. They're not like stories in themselves, really. They're just kind of totally. vignettes almost. Some of which have nothing to do with anything. Some of them do. Totally, yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it, it very much is like... Uh, we're we're revving up. We're gearing up to something big coming up. I'm guessing there there are some big moments in here though. Let's not forget, like the Diane thing. I mean, that's fucking huge. That's like crazy. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, um, you know, so who are you? Who's left that you like really want to see from the original show? Um, have we... S- I know Audrey's still out Audrey's there. Audrey's the big one. Have we seen, um... Or who's, uh... You know, who's Dr... Uh... What's her name? Dr. Hayward? No, uh... uh dude, the, his daughter. Dr. Hayward's daughter. Oh, Donna? Donna, yeah. Donna Hayward. We haven't seen Donna, right? We have not seen Donna. We've seen James. We haven't seen Donna. We have not seen Audrey Horn. And, um, yeah. And then there's characters sort of like, like, I want to know more about what the hell Ben Horn and Jerry Horn are up to. Like we only got a, yeah. a second of them. I want to, I, uh, what about, um, big Ed? We haven't seen him yet. Right. I don't believe we have. No, no, I don't think so. No. Yeah. So yeah, who knows? Who knows if he's, uh, maybe he's with Norma. Or maybe he's not. Maybe. Maybe uh, him and Nadine rekindled their relationship. Who knows? Yeah. Are you? Are you like? Do, do you? Would you prefer it if there was more of the original Twin Peaks sort of mixed in, or are you? Do you like the sort of the quantity that we're getting, where like every once in a while we'll just see like normal will pop up here and there. And oh, I'm I'm dude. Like I'm that. I'm perfectly fine. Hell with yeah. what with what we're getting, I, I think it's I think it's it's fine. Yeah, um, love it. But yeah, I mean, like I I do think that uh, I'm liking the mix of the old and the new because you know a lot of the old stuff is you know there people are getting like legit older. Like it's cool to see uh, Doctor Jacoby. You know, but I'm like, I'm also kind of like, well, yeah, but you're you're so very old. I don't know how much uh, bearing you would have on any actual story. You know, like, like, yeah. like other than the one, you know, like, it's it's kind of weird seeing people try to interact with these things. Like Harry Dean Stanton is like, he's such a great actor, such an awesome presence, but he's fucking old, dude. He's just ancient. So it's like, yeah, you're kind of like, okay, well, maybe let these people take a nap or something and let them break, take a break, and uh, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? It's kind of like I I love them, but I I I I would like to see this the story sort of uh, you know carried out by Cooper and Audrey and Laura Palmer. Like those are the people I'm really looking out for i want to see i want to see more bobby and james i want to see more of the people who are like younger you know uh, the sheriff is cool like i i i guess i i'm cool with who we've gotten and how we've gotten them but I, i'm ready to see people start to unite like like people start yeah. meeting each other again yeah i could see that i could see that yeah yeah some of the older characters like uh it's great to see them but they're like 
There's not too much you can do. Some of them are like, uh, I believe at least two or three of the people that we either have seen or will see are like not necessarily actors anymore. Like they're kind of retired. Totally. Like, are just kind of doing this. Like obviously, uh, you know, uh, bless her heart. I'm blanking on names today, Jerry. No worries. Log lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mar- uh, Catherine Coulson, mm-hmm. you know, uh, very, very, uh, 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 was very sick at the time, right? I believe, and 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 sadly passed away not too long after filming. But um, was like, you know, I've heard her in interviews. She's like, I'll do, you know, anything, anything David Lynch wants me to do. She loved being the log lady, and I think a lot of a lot of these, the, it's weird because like. Between the in these twenty five years, like such an insane following has has been built up. There's like festivals, like yearly festivals, where like there's people. I watched a documentary on one, uh, in Oregon, where they like get together every year. And I would love to go to one of these some one of these days. You know, yeah. uh, probably won't be another one for for a while, I guess. But uh where they're like the all these people get together and they like get to talk to some of the cast and stuff and then they like befriend each other and they keep going every year and it just turns into this big like i don't know it's there's like a there's like a special uh i i get the sense that some of these people maybe not uh some more than others but like certain characters like especially like I know Lucy is one of them, mm-hmm. uh, the the actor who plays Lucy. Like they 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 really like appreciate that they got to be in this, in this show, and they appreciate the sort of like diehard fans and how how sort of special it is. So, right. yeah. So it's it's I I'm with you. I think it's a good mix. I think I remember being like a little getting a little antsy at this point first time around. Like let's get a little you know let's. Maybe spend a little more time in Twin Peaks, but yeah, you're right. We're getting a lot of interesting new shit. So next week we'll be discussing episodes seven and eight, uh, possibly with a guest, and uh, we will uh, be doing our weekly episodes on patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy, five bucks a month. Jeremy, uh, what do you, you got the... uh, Video Games and Comedy Show is a Patreon now, That right? is true, yeah. You know, really, I mean, Patreon, Smatreon, I, I just appreciate anyone listening to uh, to these shows. If you, if you like if you like this this show, then you'll probably be a fan of, uh, and, you also, and, and you also happen to like video games, so you have to like me, this show, and video games, then you might like Video Games Ooh. and Comedy Show. That's another <laughs> show that I do with a panel of, uh, of video game likers, and we talk about different themes and different uh, cover different games and whatnot. Uh, also, I have launched uh, two new podcasts that are out there in the world, and these are very low-stakes shows, no Patreons attached, nothing like that. I've got uh, Animaniacs, that's spelled anime, like Japanese cartoons, dash niacs, <laughs> with, uh, with Matthew J and Mr. Boop himself, Alec Robbins. Uh, that's a great... That's a great podcast where we cover anime. It's a you know we, it's a bi monthly show, so we kind of just do it as a, as a labor of love. And the other podcast I'd like to plug is a uh, f- another film podcast I'm doing with uh, t- with two friends, one Ravi Kiran and uh, my buddy back from Austin, Alex uh, Gaskin. Uh, but all three of us writers and comedians. It's called Double Double Feature Feature, 
and it is a podcast where uh, each one of us each week uh, takes turns bringing on two films that we think make a great double feature, and basically we just discuss it, sort of like film analysis style, on like uh, the it. themes and uh, and and what makes these a good a double feature, and like what how the how these two films connect. Uh, Eric, I'd love to have you on that uh, show sometime. Jeremy, you know, I'll 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 put you in touch with my manager and we'll we'll, we'll see what we can do. Great. You know what? Actually, no, I love I love to be I, on. I wouldn't mind just uh just if you would put me in touch with your manager cuz I I got a crush on your manager. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh double Wait, okay, so the concept is one one of you picks two movies. Yeah. That you think would be a, a good All right. I, I think I what do you do when you have a guest on do you do you let the guest pick yeah so yeah if we had you on you would pick uh you know we we tell you a week in advance and then you'd have us uh, watch two movies that week that we come in ready to discuss so what what movies would you pick I mean I'm inclined to say Ace Ventura one and two <laughs> but <laughs> that, I <laughs> love know, it I could I could also uh, you know that, this is like a first 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 draft, draft yeah. you know. I love it. We've uh, covered stuff like we we get pretty uh you know I I tend to be a little bit more on the obvious side with my picks like I think my first episode pick I I picked uh, the movie Point Break and Hot Fuzz as like a nice, nice double feature but they I mean they get pretty heady with it I think like the last double feature we did was a uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous and the original Wicker Man <laughs> oh, okay so it was like a <laughs> huge stretch or a leap trying to figure out how these two films were connected but yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a good it. time. Uh, okay, so uh, all that stuff, uh, check it all out, and uh, we'll see you next week unless you're a patron. In that case, we'll see you soon. And Norma, I'll see you in my dreams. Mm-hmm.